Times Square to Columbus Circle. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. The scream of the neon carnival rises high above Broadway, explodes, then scatters over the city. And a police headquarters that whispers through the gray stone and the glass closed against it. You have to listen. Then another sound washes out the whisper of Broadway's stream. Danny Clover. Danny, Danny, please come, please. Who is it? Christina Lavecchia, Mario's sister. You remember Mario, Danny, please. You remember? Yes, I remember. Christina, well, what is it? Something wrong? to go, so I went there. 
O'Connell Club was a rented store around the corner. It had once held a succession of groceries, candies, used clothing, and articles held for pawn. Now it had given up to a group of old men who used its space to compare families, dreams, and memories. Chester Lavecchio was seated among his friends and holding up a memory for consideration. The fields of Caserti were dry like I don't know what from the dock. And Valerio stood looking, and his tears fell upon his brown chest. Ah, that's the way it was in Caserta. Chester. Hmm? Oh, Danny. Danny Cove. Welcome, amigo. Danny, what about a glass of wine? Huh? A glass of wine for my friend, Danny. Oh, no, maybe later. It's, it's important, Chester. Oh, sure, sure, of course. Well, pardon my friend. My friend from the police wants to consult me on a matter of importance. <laughs> what is it, Danny? About Mario. Uh, triste, triste. Danny, maybe you can get him back his job with the police. A job at the desk, maybe, huh? After all, Danny, Mario is not a policeman now because he lost his arm while he was doing his duty as a policeman. And this job is a guard in a furniture factory he did not like anyway. I was so glad when he was discharged from such a childish job. Uh, Chester. Yes, Danny. What do you want to say? I wish I knew at least another word for it. Mario? He's dead. Mario? There, uh, there was a priest. Yes. One was on his way. What? What happened to Mario? Christina thought he killed himself. No. No killed himself. No, my Mario. He didn't. He was murdered. There were no powder burns. He was murdered, Chester. Who did this to him? You'll help me find out. That's why I came to you. Ask me what you have to do. Why was Mario fired from his job at the furniture factory? Well, you know. As a policeman. No, I, I heard something about it. I didn't bother. Yes, me. I know, I know. A good man like you not to dig at the reason for a friend's shame. I will tell you, Danny. Mario was the guard at the factory. There was a robbery over the safe at the payroll. Mario was not in the factory where he should have been when it was the robber. Where was he? With a girl. He left the factory to be with a girl. What girl? Who is she? I met her, Carrie, Carrie Lister. She lives, I don't know, someplace in here, I think. Mario. Listen to me. Mario, Mario. Mario, Mario! tears in the old man's eyes, only anger and fury. A fury that seared and kept at a distance the old friends who'd heard his cry and came to help. They stood around him in silence, and their helplessness was big, big enough to dissolve the fury and leave only that, the helplessness. Then old Chessery asked me to take him to his son, and I did. headquarters came up with Carrie Lister's address, a brownstone in the West 60s. A kid bouncing a ball on the stoop told me Carrie was home. He'd just seen her drying her hair out the window. Then her door opened. She stood there brushing the blonde hair away from her face. Yes? I'm uh, Danny Clover, police. May I come in? Why? Uh, I want to talk about Mario Lavecchia. I don't. No? They tell me Mario was in love with you. 
And me with him. A lot. Real big. Good. Too good for you to go scratching in. That's why I don't want to talk to you about Mary. He was murdered. I know. I called him last night. His sister told me he was dead. We want his murderer, Carrie. I want him. Because I knew Mario. All right. Come in. Yeah, that's Mario's picture. And that's a sofa where we sat and looked out over the alley and talked. How long had you known him, Carrie? Since I was a kid and we played run, sheep run, and hid in the back room of a delicatessen. <laughs> and the cop chased us. You mind if I put up my hair while we're talking? No. Mind a personal question, Carrie? You have other kinds? Go ahead. Why didn't you and Mario get married? You'd have been fine for him. I would have. I asked him to marry me a lot of times. Mario wanted to, and you could have on his police pension, but he had to take care of his family first, he said. His father, his sister, they came first with him. Yeah, they would with Mario. It must have been tough for him after he got wounded in the force. It was. Mario was a proud guy. Not everything was good enough for him. That's why it made me feel good. Mario loved me. What did he do before he got that job in the furniture factory? He tried to get other jobs. There weren't any. He didn't have to work. We could have lived good on his pension and me working, but Mario had to keep Christina in that fancy boarding school, help his father. His friends during that time, who, who were they? His father, his sister, me. Not whoever was robbed the payroll of the factory, if that's what you're trying to say. The night of the robbery, wh where was Mario? He was with me. He left his post and came to me. Maybe he went somewhere else first. Maybe he was in on the robbery and then came to you for an alibi. You told me you knew Mario. You lied. You lied in your teeth. The factory where he worked, Carrie. Where is it? The Paul Dinsmore Furniture Manufacturers in Brooklyn, Mr. Clover. You'll get along good with Mr. Dinsmore because he thinks Mario robbed him, too. Carrie. Get out of here, Mr. Clover. That's all I ask of you. Get out of my sight. <laughs> Take this spec sheet back to planning and tell them to substitute clear pine. It'll work. Yes, sir. Right away. And what can I do for you, mister? Uh, my name's Danny Clover. Oh, fine. I'm Paul Dinsmore. Glad to know you, Mr. Dinsmore. I'm from the police. All the more welcome. Can we get out of this noise? Now, let's go into my office. You like the layout here? Quite a place. We might expand soon. Here, right in here. Sit down. Thanks. Mr. Dinsmore, About I... the robbery last week, isn't it? About the robbery on May 26th. What makes you think so? <laughs> well, so far, Mr. Clover, you're the latest of a series of policemen who've been coming around. Well, now there's something else. Oh? Uh huh? Mario Lebecchia's dead. I know about that. Came with the morning paper. Didn't it throw you? No. It would have one time, but it didn't this morning. Mario turned sour. I knew Mario. Once he was in the force. I'm trying to understand about him. What made him what he became. What's uh, your opinion? Love? Money? With one arm, how does a guy get them? You know all about motives, not me. Sure, Mario was my friend. How well does a man get to know a friend? Well, it depends. Sure it does. We grew up together, Mr. Clover. But a line gets drawn somewhere. People separate. Like you said... It depends. You gave him a job after he was pensioned off the force. I wouldn't do less for a friend. Only Mario lost it. Uh, let me get it straight. Mario left the factory one night last week to see a girl. He should have been on duty. Yeah, to see a girl. 
Old John tells me that a guy comes up to Mario and tells him to go see a girl. He picked a great night to see a girl. Whoever knocked over my safe had a breeze. Nobody left to guard the payroll but that friendly old man. Friendly to Mario. Old John? Yeah, John Fisher. Friendly old John Fisher. A friend to Mario. A friend of the guy who called on Mario. Wait a minute. Yes, Mr. Dinsmore? Get me John Fisher's address. You want his address, don't you, Mr. Clover? So you can do better than the other boys on the force who cleared him. Uh-huh. But why his address? Isn't John Fisher here anymore? No. He was too conscientious for us. Somebody walks in, steals our payroll, and old John Fisher sleeps through it all just like a baby. Next morning, we retired him. Then Paul Dinsmore got philosophical about the whole thing and explained crime to me in terms of greed and sickness. Then a sawdust-free young lady in Hollywood-type glasses walked through the door, handed him the address of John Fisher. He handed it to me. I left. The address was on Front Street. Right down the hall there, mister. I'll come with you to show you. All right. Keeps that radio playing all the time, he does. All the time. Now, if I owned this place instead of just cleaned it, this room here. Yeah, thanks. Mr. Fisher. Mr. Fisher. You have a key for this room? You don't need any. Last two tenants been screaming about the busted lock. Mr. Fisher. Hey, look at him. Look what's been done to him. John Fisher sprawled face down on the floor. The heavy handle of a billiard cue stick lay beside him, touching him. The instrument now of a different purpose. The matted hair and the blood. The pattern of what it had done to him. And whoever had held the weapon had been thorough. John Fisher had been beaten to death. She Listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Broadway all depends on the mood you're in. You can be part of the mob and perform for the sightseers, or you can detach yourself from it. Lean against a wall, crease your newspaper, and bite your lip over that two-column item on the right-hand side of the page. Two guards at a factory, mysteriously murdered. Consider it, then flip the pages to the box scores and waggle a finger back at Ted Williams. Or as Sergeant Tataglia had it next day at headquarters. That Ted Williams, Danny, that ball player from Boston, Mass, he ruins the scenery. Oh, how does he do that, Gino? I can't appreciate Mrs. Tataglia anymore on account of him. <laughs> Somehow I knew that's just what you were going to say. Last night, Danny, Mrs. Tartaglia was paraded back and forth, up and down and across in her new swimsuit from Catalina in preparation to being the belle of the beach at Far Rockaway when all of a sudden comes over the radio that this Ted Williams has hit another home run. After that, you couldn't enjoy the scenery, huh? You don't like Ted Williams. Uh, Anything else, you know? Uh, I'm talking to you. Huh? Oh, oh, no. No, nothing else, Danny. Except... No, no, nothing else. Except what? Well, except about Mrs. O'Connell and the Lavacchia case. Mrs. O'Connell? Yeah, yeah, my uppity neighbor two doors down. Her daughter... Uh, Taglia. 
Okay, okay, Danny. Only Mrs. O'Connell said something to me this morning that twits me, Danny. About her daughter, Sandra Lee. Tell me about it. Well, she said, how come this Christina Lavecchi was home from that boarding school, that Thatcher School for Girls, and her daughter, Sandra Lee, is not? Go on. Because that Thatcher School for Girls is not closed down for the summer yet. Uh, that's where Sandra Lee goes to. And she is even now at school preparing for exams, and they got strict rules about not being on the outside. So how come Christina Lavecchi... That's a good yes. question, Tartaglia. How come Christina Lavecchi... Yeah, yeah, how come her? What was she doing out on the night of her brother's murder? Maybe I better go find out, huh? Danny, somehow I knew that's just what you were going to say. The Thatcher School for Girls was the very model of high fashion culture. It stood languid and poised on three acres of fashionable soil. And its hand-wrought gates, signed by the artist, opened onto a vista of golden girls pursuing the arts and sciences on horseback. One had to wait to let the scholars pass. in a wooded glen, a woman in black beat a drum as girls in diaphanous nightshirts danced the tragedy of the cone and the cube. And beyond that, the lithe girls in silken shorts who pause in their game of volleyball to observe you. And having done so, resume the struggle. Finally, the office of the dean. Dean and office both done by an exclusive decorator. I am Dean Chesterfield. Welcome to Thatcher. Thank you, Dean. My secretary tells me you're from the police. Are we at Thatcher the subject of an investigation? Only Christina Lavacchia. Christina? Oh, what has Christina done? Has she shamed us? Just tell me about it. Christina has often made us quite unhappy. Oh? How? A certain unwillingness to respond to our regimen. Tell me about it. The night before last, for instance, we discovered that she had not slept amongst us. A flagrant protest. An undisciplined gesture. The night before last, her brother was murdered. Christina should have been here. There is not a night of the school term that she should not be here. To have complete behavior control of our girls is our objective. It is... You what... said Christina made you happy unoften. Uh, how, how often? Well, one moment. I have it here in my records. Ah, oh, yes. Here we are. Lavecchia, Christina. On April 19th, Lavecchia did steal into her dormitory three hours after curfew. For this, a Class B demerit and a week in Coventry. You confined her to the campus? You have another meaning for Coventry? On May 26th, Lavecchia was gone all night. Appeared for her third class, disheveled and distant. For this... You could have dismissed her. We were going to, but her brother pleaded with us. We relented when he told us Christina was at home with him that night. May 26th. 26. Thanks, Dean. It's been educational. So somebody might have lied. Dean Chesterfield had said Christina was with her brother Mario on the night of May 26, the night of the robbery. But Dinsmore said Mario went off with another man. And Mario's girlfriend had told me yesterday that Mario spent the evening with her. And Mario's girlfriend was named Carrie Lister. She was someone I wanted to talk to again. Then back to West 60s and the brownstone in the middle of the block. I didn't have to go that far. Three doors from the brownstone was a bar. 
Through the glass front, I could see Carrie Lister seated on the high stool. She was entertaining or being entertained. You get the picture? There was my wife standing there with egg in her face. Funny, huh? Mr. Becker, you're a whiz-bag. Yeah, that ain't all. Listen to I this. haven't had a drink since I don't know when, Mr. Becker. I'll buy it for you, Carrie. Huh? Oh, Mr. Clover. Meet your rival. Mr. Clover of the police is Mr. Becker. He's in can good. Aren't you, Mr. Becker? Get at the end of the line, friend. And the line don't move for hours from now. Goodbye, Mr. Becker. If I stand up, I'm pretty large, friend. Mr. Becker, you know, suddenly you got a fat face and fat lips. And you didn't shave so good this morning. Beat it. Uh-uh. You, copper, flash me a badge. Make me move. The lady said go. Lady! <laughs> Ain't been one of those in this place for years. You get out of here. Hey, look. I said go. Oh, so help Put me. Put down, Carrie. Put it down. Goodbye, Mr. Becker. Yeah. I'll get back to you, honey. Give me a shoulder, Mr. Clover. I want to die on it. You shouldn't punish yourself so much, Carrie. Not like this. It doesn't matter anymore. What matters? Mario. Who killed him? That matters how? Just a question, Carrie. Was he with you on the night of the robbery? I haven't had a drink. Was he? You know he wasn't. He told me to say so, but he wasn't. Who was he with? How would I know? Go ask his old man. His sister. He was married to his family, not me. Take me home, Mr. Clover. Get me out of here. Come in, Danny. Come in. Take my chair. Please, please, take. Chester. No, no. First, you must please sit down to show me you are a guest in my house. Good, good. Danny, an old man is grateful you call on him. An old man is lonely without the boy, without the son. Lonely. Chester, you want your boy's murderer, don't you? I live only till then. After that, I die. Then you must tell me the truth. You lied to me. I lied. Danny, an old man has not very much. His son, his honor, his pride. His daughter. Christina is no longer my daughter. Why, Chester? It was because of her I lied. Because of her, Mario Sylvester. Because Danny... Mario wasn't with Carrie Lister the night of the robbery, was he? No. Tell me about it, Chester. Well, it was late. The telephone rang. A man told me Christina was missing from her school. She was not in her bed. No place in the school. A man? Yes, yes, a man. I went fast to Mario. You? You went to Mario? Yes, I told him. He left his duty to come with me to find Christina because he loved Christina. Nothing else would have made him go now. Danny, nothing, believe. Where was Christina? We don't know. We look and we don't know. She comes to us in the morning and she will not tell us. Nothing will she tell us. Christina. You, out of my house, you get out. Don't go over there, no more. Not the fear of Leave her alone, Chester. Leave her alone. For 
forgive us, Barry. Forgive us. You ever just to witness shame? Christina, listen to me. Why did you come the other night Mario was murdered? I came to tell him I was through with school. Finished. Why? Why, Christy? Because I was married. I thought I was married. Tonight he told me it was a lie. And the night of the robbery, May 26, you were with your... your husband, Christy? Yes. Yes. He told me we'd been married. I'd been drinking, and he said we were married. My husband said that. Who is he, Christina? Paul. Paul Dinsmore. Paul. Paul Dinsmore. Oh, hi, Mr. Clover. What brings you to me? News? Something like that. Let's go back to your office. We can have... <laughs> I can read your mind, huh, Mr. Glover? You want quiet? You're getting quiet. Quitting time, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Modern production methods. The help needs a short break. Uh, the union says they do. They go out in the yard and relax. Maybe they're right. I want to talk to you. All right, let's talk. I just came from Christina Lavacchio. So? She told me she thought she was married to you. You lied to her, didn't you, Paul? She tell you a story like that, Mr. Clover? A very hysterical girl. I had to do a thing like that to Christina, Paul. It's still her story. There's more that goes with it. You get the girl who thought she was your wife to come to you on the night of the robbery. Then you phone her father and tell him she's missing from school. The noise in this place really got you, didn't it? You knew that family well enough, so you were sure her father would go right to Mario. And you knew Mario would leave his job and go looking for her. What are you trying to prove, Clover? I still don't get you. I'm proving a couple of things. You robbed your own payroll. You killed Mario because Mario found out what you did to Christina. You killed the other guard, John Fisher. I did that, huh? Yeah, you did. Because you got scared when I started digging into it. You were afraid John Fisher would tell me you came to the plant after Mario left. That was nice of me. But killing him, beating him to death. Mr. Clover, it was all your fault. It's like you said, you came nosing around. I couldn't take any chances with an old man keeping a closed mouth. Let's go, Paul. Go? You must be out of your mind. He broke away and started running toward the crowd. To get lost in it. That man's got a gun! To keep me from shooting at him. In their terror, the crowd opened the way for him. And there was only one thing to do. He was dead. I kneeled over him. After that, they took him away. And later, an old man swirled a mop over the blood-stained concrete of the floor. And that was Requiem for Paul Dinsmore. Heels of a drunkard. It's 
a place of darting eyes and crowds and mobs and people with empty hands. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia. The program was produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. The musical score was composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. Included in tonight's cast were Jane Webb, Georgia Ellis, Jay Novello, Georgia Backus, Byron Kane, and Clayton Post. FDM presents, you've been listening to our end-of-the-week special. Half comedy and half detective drama. Tripper McGee and Molly in part one of the show. And Broadway is my beat. Part two. Join us again Monday night when FDM presents starts the week all over again with brightness and escape. In the meantime, have a nice weekend. See you again Monday night at 9.05. This is Navy journalist Dan Jerkinson speaking.